Welcome back to another episode of The Scorer's Table. I'm William Robbins, joined as always by Julian McKee. You already know what it is. We're back. Been almost two weeks. Excited to talk some basketball. I was on spring break. Will was out here chilling with his girlfriend in in various museums in the metropolitan area of New York. Let's <laughs> yeah, get it's it. Been a, it's been a busy time in the NBA. Last time we were last time we were here, we were talking about uh, can the Lakers make the playoffs? What's going on with the Celtics? And well, both situations seem to have maybe resolved themselves. In... Well, one certainly did. Lakers are not making the playoffs. Yep, yep, we know that they're in full tank mode at this point, which is yep. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty hilarious to see. This is what Skip Bayless has been having like wet dreams about for the past like four years. <laughs> I will say though, it's not entirely on LeBron. If he misses two months of the season, you can't really pin that on him. Oh, of course, it's not. People, I, I, it's ridiculous to think that it's all on LeBron. It's it's all on Magic. There's some blame on LeBron. Like there's, yeah. there's maybe a tiny bit of blame on Luke Walton, but like it's it's all it's for me it's all on Magic Palinka. Anyway, 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 anyway. We're starting off talking about the other team we just mentioned, the Boston Celtics. Yeah. So, so Will, so, I'm gonna let you lead into this topic because you know you're the you're the Celtics fan, the 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 the, the king of the Terry Rozier Heat Club. <laughs> I you know I just want to I'm gonna give you the floor. All right. So the Celtics were struggling. And that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. They were playing. So they were playing the worst basketball of the year, which I didn't even think was possible at this point because they've been so bad this year. Mm-hmm. But over their last, uh, over their last four games, we had a uh, West Coast road trip. We might have figured it out a little bit. I'm not going to say. I'm not. I'm not going to say at all. Like, oh, the Celtics have totally figured it out. Like. Like, prepare the duck boats. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> what I'm saying is the duck that... Boats is some country shit. I have to say, I don't, under fucking, I, don't, I don't understand this Boston thing you guys have with the fucking duck boats. Get, like, a bus like regular people. Or you guys have to fucking act like, I don't anyway, know, anyway. hunter in the fucking swamp with this shit. I just have to, so, I just have to throw that out there. So, so the Celtics <laughs> were coming off a stretch where they lost to Milwaukee then got blown out by Chicago, then got blown out by Toronto, barely lost to the Blazers, barely beat the Wizards, and then essentially got blown out by the Rockets. So we were we were reeling. Now, we had this magical eight-hour plane ride where, turns out, Kyrie Irving talked to Brad Stevens. He talked to Danny Ainge during the plane ride and just, essentially apologized for everything he apologized for being like a bad leader and being a dick this year and then called a team meeting on the plane to also tell the rest of the team how sorry he was and that he wants to move forward it was a really fantastic like like rom-com ending for like Kyrie when like the husband like screws up and he's like taking his significant other for granted and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I I will be considerate now. Let's uh I am sorry, let's make it work. This, yeah, that's I what, think... and she takes him back at the end. That was kind of what this reminded me of. Because yeah, and then by Kyrie. Yeah, this was wrong. this was this was huge because yeah. um I mean I, I even even for Knicks fans, I I have a few Knicks fans in my life. Mm-hmm. And even they were like, is Kyrie even some someone we'd want? Like, mm-hmm. he's kind of an asshole. As they should have been. I was... And 
Yeah. And, and you even went as far as saying you'd rather have D'Angelo Russell than him. Yes. At that point, now, right before, that was like the night before the plan ride, I think. Yeah. And at that point, I completely stand with that take. Because now, of just the way Kyrie was acting, you just now, don't want I, someone who's I being a complete disagree. dick. Like, well, I still yeah. disagree with that take, even in the time. Okay. Because uh, it's not like D'Angelo Russell has a uh, a spotless resume. No, but, but he has a but anyway, near spotless he, past four months. I'll give him that. <laughs> but the Celtics, their season is and has always been this year. It goes as two things. One, as Kyrie Irving's energy goes, mm-hmm. when Kyrie Irving is in a good mood and he's having fun, the team is having fun. And two, when Gordon Hayward plays well. And this is where we get into what's so interesting about what's been happening. Gordon Hayward was incredible against the Warriors. He he led the team in scoring. And honestly, in, in a game where Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry were all playing, Gordon Hayward was the best player in that game. Mm-hmm. Which is not something that has happened in a while. So... For that to happen and for his confidence, that was huge. Then against then against the Kings the next night, he hits the game winner. Even though he was kind of passive for the rest of the game off on the offensive side. In what game? The Kings game. How many points did he get? Uh he was he was pretty good during the Kings game. I he mean was he was pretty good. I mean he had he had he had twelve points. He shot six to ten. I don't know. He didn't. Yeah, but he wasn't really. He wasn't like out here just taking shots. Like no, ah, but even, ah, you know he <laughs> even 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 against the Warriors. Though, and that was remember that's been my thing all year. Is that even in these high scoring games, he dropped thirty points against the Warriors, but he shot twelve of sixteen. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's so been a... it's, it's it's not like he's been taking lots of shots. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it, it's it's I'm just really impressed overall. Just the display of maturity by Kyrie. I. I just didn't I expect hope. this whatsoever by Kyrie. Yeah. I, 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 say, I say like Kyrie by accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, though, he could have been like, you know, like the end of training day when Denzel is like, you, you think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay. And Denzel's just <laughs> going crazy on like, on, on just on everybody when he thinks that they all like fucked him over because of like, taking Ethan Hawke's side. Like, that could have been Kyrie. He could have just gone even deeper and deeper and deeper down in the hole but against his, his, but to his credit, But to his credit, he didn't. And, exactly. And, and even in the next game against the Lakers, again, Hayward, 6 of 8 shooting, 15 points. And that's been one of the constants in, in our wins is Gordon Hayward usually is one of our top kind of plus-minus guys. Mm-hmm. I saw a stat, and I know I'm going to get it wrong, so... Bear with me, but the but the concept of it is true. In games where Gordon Hayward shoots above fifty percent, the Celtics are something like like twenty five and one or something. Wow, that's that, crazy. That, that number's not entirely <laughs> right, but it's somewhere around there. Makes and, sense though. Makes sense. It, yeah, because when Gordon Hayward is playing well, it adds an entirely new dynamic that we don't have. Now, all is not all is not great. We got killed by the Clippers and immediately you go on Twitter and going going on Twitter after a uh, after a loss never the call <laughs> never the call 
immediately immediately like you look at all the posts on the uh on like this on like, or like all the comments and like all like the like the like analysts are all like well, this is why you don't declare the celtics are back now against the clippers um that game was a little bit of a fluke i mean i saw a lot of early highlights from that game and i have to say like Gallinari was just making shots Gallinari was like, incredible. You and, just gotta give him credit. That, like Luke he Williams. was taking the yeah. I mean, I mean, this is okay. The the, the Clippers shot sixty two percent from the field. That's crazy. They missed like t- I believe it was thirty shots all game or twenty shots all game. Uh-huh. Um, there's there's thirty shots all game, and then they got an offensive rebound that led to a basket on ten of those. Yeah. So essentially, the Celtics got twenty stops for the entire game, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. That's crazy. <laughs> and <laughs> and the reason I'm not too worried about this game is because the Celtics shot that this game for forty nine percent from the field, thirty nine percent from three point. Like it, it's not, it's not like our offense was the issue. Terry Rozier had 26 points in garbage time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the constant of Gordon Hayward, and this is what I've been saying, is Gordon Hayward shot three for seven. He shot below 50%. Mm. For some reason, this actually matters. And and no, that has nothing to do with our defense. The fact is our defense was atrocious. I mean... I mean, you 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 if you go, if you go on like Basketball Reference and look at everyone's defensive rating that game, the lowest defensive rating was Robert Williams had a defensive rating of 125 in four minutes. Okay, I don't know shit about defensive ratings, but like that ratio just doesn't sound good. Like, yeah, <laughs> no. Well, defensive rating is is about per 100 possessions, so it has nothing to do with the amount of time. I'm just saying that, like, that was our best, and it happened in so little time. But, like, Kyrie Irving, 138. Marcus Smart, 128. Al Horford, 134. Like, like that's not something that's going to happen, especially when our defensive rating for the year is 107. Okay. So just to put it in perspective. Yeah. So this game was a little bit fluky. And, and honestly, and, and after the game, you had Kyrie Irving saying, we just need to get the hell out of out of L.A. Mm-hmm. Another and plane ride. Put him on another eight-hour <laughs> plane ride. Put, yeah, put him on another eight-hour plane ride. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But, I, but I'm not worried about the Celtics. And I, and I really, I don't think I've ever gotten to the panic level of the Celtics. I've been worried, but I haven't reached panic level. And I still am not there. I think you guys are going to finally be able to just maybe another week of just good vibes and you guys can maybe finally get on the same page. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried. I mean, we, we're, we're about a game and a half back of the third seed. I mean, regardless, whether we get it or not, we're not going to finish with anything worse than the fifth seed. It would be nice to have home court advantage. And I'd like to end up as one of the top t- or one of the four or five seeds. But. I'd almost rather play Philly in the first round than 
uh, any other team anyway, just because we kind of own Philly. And I have to ask, this is kind of uh, merging into our next topic. Are the Detroit Pistons for real or not, as they've been fantastic lately? Would you want to play Detroit in the first round? No, Detroit is a terrible matchup for us. Mm -hmm. Just what I was thinking. And... And actually, I don't know how we've performed against Detroit this year. I think we've actually been pretty good. I know you guys but... got smacked once. I remember Blake and them killed you guys once. Yeah, yeah. the problem with Detroit, um, as I look this up right now, we have, we're two and, sorry, we're three and one versus Detroit this year. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, the record is on our side. But the problem with Detroit is that I don't think they're a very good matchup for us. I mean, you look at their roster we have essentially one guy that can like box out Andre Drummond. <laughs> um, and it's going to be a lot of Robert Williams minutes. Robert Williams doesn't play. Now, I'm talking about Aaron Baines, <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, I mean, Andre Drummond averages 15 rebounds a game, five offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. I don't want Al Hortford guarding him. I love Al Horford. Al Horford's like, I believe Al Horford is still the most underrated player in the league. And I think that Al Horford is the most important player in the entire Eastern Conference playoffs. I agree with that. No, I completely agree with that with the the whole Embiid saga. Yeah, that's completely true. I mean, Horford owns, owns Embiid and all the other top teams in the league. No one has a guy that can guard Al Horford when he's at his best. Mm-hmm. And Al Horford is also just such a versatile defender. I mean, how many guys in the league do you really feel comfortable guarding Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the same game? Yeah, it's a, it's a small list. So, so yeah, that's that's why I like Al. But I'd rather have Al on Blake Griffin, which means who's on Andre Drummond. But, but regardless, I just... I can just see the writing on the wall in that series. Reggie Jackson gets whatever he wants in the pick and roll. Luke Kennard suddenly goes apeshit and hits six or seven threes <laughs> in a game. Um, Blake, No one can guard Blake Griffin. He's getting all of our guys into foul trouble. He's averaging eight free throws a game this year. And when you look at Blake Griffin averaging eight free throws a game, Andre Drummond averaging five, those are multiple fouls a game, and the Celtics don't have a lot of big guys to throw at them. So that's my absolute worst matchup for us, I think, out of, out of like the lower seeds. It reminds me of that Bulls team you guys had to play like a year or two ago in the first yeah. round. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot was, of a lot of resemblance. That was tough. We couldn't we couldn't keep Robin Lopez off the glass, and and that was uh, I remember I remember before before I believe it was game one or game two. Uh, because we were down three one in that series, two one or or two zero in that series. Yeah, we yeah we were down two zero because then we came back and won four four to two. But in like the first or second game of the series, I I said to someone because we was playing basketball with them, I was like, look, as long as we can make sure that the Bulls don't get more than like five or six offensive rebounds in the game, we'll be good. First mm-hmm. quarter, Robin Lopez has like eight. I'm like, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but, but but regardless, I do think that that Detroit is for real and depending on their matchup. And the reason I say that is cuz I think that Blake Griffin is the is the most underrated player in the league. Okay. Tell me more. 
Blake Griffin this year is having the best season of his career. Yes. Hands down, like, he's never averaged more points a game. He's never averaged more assists per game. And he is just... He's hitting threes. I mean, he's taking seven three-pointers a game. Blake, this is the most... Like, if, if Blake was putting up these same stats for the Clippers, people would be talking about him as, like, the best power forward in the league. Mm-hmm. But because it's in Detroit, no one's talking about it. But Blake Griffin this year is averaging 25, 8, and 5. Shooting 47, 36, and 75. This is hands down the best season of his career. His, his defense is even pretty has been decent enough. Yeah, there's no doubting that Blake has been fantastic this year. He 100% deserved to be an All Star, yep. and I think he also deserves an All NBA spot, right? I would I wouldn't hate him on All NBA third team. Yeah, I agree. But the thing, I I I will disagree with you on this topic for a few reasons. A, there's I'm gonna, it's just going to be transparent that there definitely is some recency bias because. While semi-watching The Bachelor at the same time, I watched my Brooklyn Nets beat the Pistons by 30 yep. in what yep. was the biggest game of the year for both teams That's fair. last night. And that game completely confirmed the concerns that I already had with the Pistons after watching some of their games and highlights um, earlier this week. So let me just, first of all... The, the, the Pistons have been really good over the past month of February. Yep. So let me just break down the, the wins they had. So starting on January 31st, beat, um, actually, I'm going to start February 4th. Beat sure, the sure. Nuggets. Beat the Knicks. Okay. Beat the Knicks. Beat the Wizards. Lost to the Celtics. Beat the Hawks. Beat the Heat. Beat the Pacers. I'll give them that. Lost to the Spurs. Beat the Cavs. Beat the Raptors. Beat the Tims. Beat the, uh, the, beat the Bulls. And beat the Bulls again before yesterday. Well, there's so, there, there's a few good wins in there. There's a few good wins in there. There's no but, doubt but about also, it. Also, but, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. You can't yes. begrudge them for beating bad teams if that's who they've had to play. Yes, and I completely agree with that. But one of the reasons of... But I think the reason that the Pistons have been so good lately is because this is a team that really needs their role players to play well. Yep. They re- they this team is asking a lot. A lot from Ish Smith, Langston Galloway, Luke Kennard, and Bruce, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown, yeah. They're asking a ton. Bruce Brown is he's a capable defender. He's got some potential. And he he's pretty good value for a second round pick, right? But Bruce Brown's jump shot is like it's abominable. It's not great. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> like, I, here's the thing. I like Ish Smith. Kennard had a great game versus the Timberwolves. Wayne Ellington can knock down shots. Um, actually, I watched a lot of this game against the Timberwolves, and I will say that there's definitely some aberration because the Pistons put up 130 points in four quarters. But granted, they were getting defended by Derrick Rose, who, despite his good season, is still a turnstile. And yep. Andrew Invisible Man Wiggins... But um, <laughs> but their bench is just so up and down with with Blake and the team that they have. Like they rely so much on these guys. I'm just they just rely too much on these guys. 
Like Thon Maker, here's the thing. I'm still on the Thon Maker bandwagon. I still have Thon Maker. I am not. I have not given up. But bro, Thon Maker fucks up pick and roll defense, like routinely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem. Like I'm still a girl. Glenn Robinson is still on is still on my team of guys who I still believe in. I'm not really sure why, but like I still I still have stock of theirs. Like I like Glenn Robinson for some reason, but I like him too. At the end of the he's, day, he's, when he's, he's good. When Glenn Robinson and these guys are getting like hella minutes, like shit, like it's just not. Are there? There's just not another. I don't know if I trust another player that isn't Blake Griffin on this team, even though Reggie Jackson's had a really good year this year. Mm-hmm. He's had a good year. Drummond's been getting boards, like you said earlier. But I'm also just not scared if I'm another team of any player on this roster. I'm not that scared. I'm not really scared of Blake. I don't see Blake in the starting lineup. I'm like, oh, shit, we're playing Blake tonight. Oh, fuck, we're playing Blake tonight. Well, I, th- I think that's, that's a mistake. I think that's box. a mistake. I, I mean, But here's the thing. Why? Because Blake is beatable. I looked. I went into the Nets game thinking, "Oh, he okay, is beatable." If you the, can, if you can just, if you can just center the defense around Blake and just make everybody else make shots. Say Bruce Brown. Okay, Bruce Brown. We're gonna give you five open jumpers. Make them. Linkson Galloway, who's actually been great lately. Here's here's ten open jumpers. Make them. Ish Smith. Here you go. Make them. If you do that. That just makes that just minimizes Blake, and I also will say, my man Rodion's Kurutz back in the starting lineup. My fucking guy was fantastic against Blake. He got in his face. He's got long arms. He hustled. He was he was talking shit. Kurutz was fantastic last night. So I just gotta shout him out real quick. Yeah, no, no. My, my thing with my thing with the, with the uh, the Pistons is they have a lot of good players. Not the problem is they don't have any like. I, let, me, let me rephrase that. They have a lot of average players. They have a lot of players that that I don't have a problem with when they're in the game. And they're and this and they and this is kind of similar to the Clippers in that there are very few guys that they can throw out there where it's like, what the hell is he doing on the court? Mm-hmm. And I think that has to count for something. And no, and and I need to be I need to be clear about this. When I say that I think that the Pistons are for real, I don't think they're making it out of the first round of the playoffs. But I think that by for real, I mean that at least like 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 right now, right now they're going to be playing either. Because uh, I don't see them moving up in the standings, they'll be playing one of either Toronto or Milwaukee. The Pistons will be the six or the seven seed. There's no doubt about that in my mind. There's there's no doubt about that. They I, will be. Well, well one if they're of the six seed, seeds. if they're the six seed, then that's interesting because then they could play Boston or Indiana. But I think Brooklyn's in the six seed right now, right? Yeah. So my, my thing, my thing with the. Uh, with the Pistons is I think that whatever team they, they play, they can make sweat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wayne Ellington can hit some shots. Um, uh, what is his name? Luke Kennard can hit some shots. Galloway can hit some shots. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think that it is, I don't think that it's unrealistic to suddenly be like, Oh wow. The, um, 
the Pistons and the I don't know the the Pacers are about to go to Game Seven, mm-hmm. or or the Pistons and the and Toronto are about to go to Game Six. I don't see them winning any of these series, but it would not shock me to see that kind of thing just because I think that Blake Griffin is very good. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either. I agree with that. So, all right. So our last topic here, and this is and this this is a big topic. Golden State Warriors are not unbeatable anymore, as we have seen a lot of recently. And there's and obviously they're 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 still the number one seed in the uh, in the West. And if you look at their schedule, they have a decently easy schedule for the rest of the way. They play. They play the Mavericks, they play the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Hornets, the Lakers, the Cavs, the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not it's not a very hard schedule. But over their last few games, they lost to Miami by one on that on that crazy Dwayne Wade buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. Then, actually, if you, if you can go back even before that, they they got killed by the Blazers. They barely beat Sacramento. They lost to Houston. They lost, or then they beat Charlotte. They lost to Miami on that on that crazy buzzer beater by Wade. They got then they lost to Orlando. Then they then they barely beat Philly. And if I remember correctly, Embiid wasn't playing that game. Then they got killed by Boston. Mm-hmm. Beat Denver. Lost to Phoenix. So they yeah. are certainly not un beatable and this is not something that we've seen in a very long time there isn't a team afraid of them no it's no like, and we're that's... playing the warriors tonight all right bet we're playing the charlotte hornets tomorrow all right bet same reaction yeah when <laughs> yeah when earlier in the year when um i, I believe it was the kings that played them and yeah. i think the kings beat them i looked at the game and i thought wow this is the first time, really, that I can really remember a young team looking at them and just attacking them. Mm-hmm. When the Warriors became the Warriors, their play style was so different from any other team, like, in the league. Mm-hmm. But now, every team kind of plays similar to how they do. So mm-hmm. it's no longer that shock when you play the Warriors. It's no longer that shock that they want to chuck up a bunch of threes and that they're going to play small ball because that's how most teams are going to play. It's like the Warriors are like the Migos. You know how the Migos, when they first came out, I remember I fucked with the Migos when they first came out when they had fight night and I was like, oh shit, what's this stuff from Atlanta? Oh, this is new. This is this is nice. They've got rhythm. They've got, they can do the melodies, but they can like rap fast at the same time with like the triplet flow. Now, everybody fucking raps like that. Everybody chooses their, those kind of beats. Everybody's talking about their fucking Pateks and their diamonds. I swear to God, if I hear another rapper talking about their diamonds dancing, I will scream. <laughs> I will scream. The Warriors are the Migos. Everybody's like, okay, like they're, everybody just copy the Warriors style. Not there's anything wrong with it, obviously. I mean, yeah. there's definitely something wrong with it. I think it's rap, but like this is, but like music changes and it evolves and all that stuff. That's another story for another day. But that's just the that's that's the thing. Everybody else is just caught up with the Warriors, and that's why they're not insurmountable anymore. 
Yeah, and I think I think that the main thing for them is what do you do with DeMarcus Cousins? Yes. Because Boogie. And and I <laughs> totally forgot about this. DeMarcus Cousins is in his what year in the league? Like his eighth year in the league, ninth year in the league? Um, I don't, I don't remember. I think he, he was a rookie. After, yeah, he was only he was a one and done guy. Ninth, ninth year in the league, he was a rookie in 2010, I believe. He's the same so, age as John Wall, right? Yeah, they were the same draft class that Paul yeah, George yeah, yeah. went to. They and Bledsoe so, were all on the same team at Kentucky, I think. Yeah, so he's never been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Me too, actually. Shit. I mean, he was there in a suit last year, I guess. That kind of counts. <laughs> but, and this is something you watch against, like, for instance, against the Celtics. He was awful. He be, He's a turnstile on defense. And, and earlier in the, I don't know if he's gotten worse over the year or if he's just just wasn't good in the beginning of the year and it was kind of like everyone was like a little delusional because like, oh, DeMarcus is back. But he gets targeted on defense. I mean, you watch against the Celtics, they spent every single possession trying to isolate on Boogie. Mm -hmm. Get him involved in the pick and roll. Make him move. Make him tired. He's a foul magnet. And... He's not playing terribly this year. His raw stats. 15 points a game. 8 rebounds. Someone's going to overpay him in free agency. Uh-huh. And honestly, and here's and the wild thing is his defensive numbers are some of the best of his career. <laughs> so I guess he's trying. So, <laughs> and it, it's weird, but you watch them play and teams are just attacking him. So, I mean, I mean, you look, he's averaging, uh, per 36 minutes, he's averaging six fouls a game. Mm-hmm. So he's fouling a lot. And teams are just going to continue to attack him. And I wonder how playable he's going to be in the postseason. And, I mean, the Warriors just signed Andrew Bogut last week, but I assume that's just, he's a, I mean, even though he does definitely, he has a rapport with a bunch of the guys on the team, obviously from his previous days, but um, he, that's not a signing that he's going to actually like be playing like hella minutes, right? That's like three, three minutes a game tops. Yeah, I see him, I see him maybe getting five, ten minutes on like a, DeMarcus is in foul trouble and if we put him back in, he's going to. He's get, he's gonna get ejected kind of night, <laughs> but I never yeah. see him playing anything more than ten minutes in a game. Yeah, and I think you're completely right about Boogie though, because I mean, if you're the Warriors, who the fuck are you gonna play? Kevin Looney, and that's the problem. That's a that's a big problem. Now I am, Raymond at the center, Draymond at the center is not. That's not the same thing it once was. The lineup am, of death is still. It's that's not. I am the president. Like, oh shit! You know. <laughs> I am the president and founding member of the Jonas Jerebko Deserves More Minutes Club. Ooh, I like Jonas Jerebko, yes. <laughs> I loved him in Boston. I was upset that he went to Utah, and I was upset that, that the Warriors got him. Mm-hmm. Jonas Jerebko should be getting more minutes. He's only playing 17 minutes a game. They're playing Kavan Looney more minutes than him. Jesus Christ. I don't 
necessarily <laughs> agree with that at all. No, I saw a funny story. Kevon Looney is gonna wants to leave the season so he can get a a, a raise. <laughs> Not that we're paying him, but <laughs> who's gonna pay him? <laughs> you know what? I said the same. I said, will. I, will, I said the will, same. Like, I said the same thing about like Festus Azili and the Blazers gave him like a oh, two year eighteen million. I liked Festivus Azili. He was good. He, he was good he, on the Warriors. He didn't play Except a, for that I, game seven though against LeBron. He just kept getting cooked. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he played a single minute for the Blazers and still we collected look, eighteen million. Have we seen him since game seven? No. <laughs> He's been in the witness protection program. Well, since. he was he was on the Blazers and just never played. Yeah, yeah, like, he was hurt. It's like in Goodfellas when you see like Henry Hill goes to the court and then the next thing you see him, he's like in the middle of Nebraska. It's just like miserable in his house. That's Festus Azili. He was in game seven and they just left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And, and the, the problem with the Warriors and and we're going to get into this now, like what teams do we in the West? What teams in the West do we see that can beat them? But they just have no depth this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're. I mean, they're they're counting on on guys that that do not belong near an NBA court in crunch time. I mean, I don't. I mean, Damian Jones, Alfonso McKinney, these aren't guys that you'd want to be playing when a game matters. Could have had Daniel House. Could have had Daniel House. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rubbing their faces in that for, for the rest <laughs> of existence. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they just they just have no wing depth, and I think it was huge that they didn't get. I thought they were gonna get Wesley Matthews in the buyout market. They did not, mm-hmm. and I think that they were kind of expecting to get him or Robin Lopez or a top or or a kind of guy like that, mm-hmm. and and Bogut. I don't. I don't. They didn't really have any better options. Uh-huh. So my hope is that Bogut, or not my hope, because I hope the Warriors lose. But mm-hmm. if I'm the Warriors, my hope would be that Bogut can just serve as a really good locker room presence, keep Demarcus like in check, and keep Draymond from killing Durant. Mm-hmm. Those things think... happen. It's successful. What do you think? Because Draymond has another year on his deal, right? Uh, yes. What do you think the Warriors look like in two years? Give me the Warriors starting five. Uh, well, definitely, definitely Curry and Clay. Mm-hmm. That's definitely. I I agree. Those are locked. You can in. you can put those in stone. What do you think the chances Durant is going to be there? Five percent. Five percent. Ooh, ooh. I, I give it. I give it above a ninety percent chance that he's in New York next year. Over a ninety percent chance. So here's the thing, because I I was texting with Will last night that I think the Knicks, the the recent James Dolan display. For those of you who don't know, he a fan who is clearly like sane, who's like a sane person, was like sell the team, and James Dolan's like, oh, that's rude. Oh, you really think that? And the fan was like, yeah, it's an opinion. And James Dolan's like, ah, oh, well, <laughs> have fun watching them from your TV screen. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he kicked He him had out. the fan detained and <laughs> kicked him out of the stadium. This is exactly because I saw that the Knicks hired like some PR people, which I don't know if they had done this previously. I mean, it's usually a, a, when you have a business, that's like a good idea. 
Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but but that's just stuff like this. Who gives a fuck about if the Knicks lose more games? That's good press at this point. Bad press is shit like this that makes someone like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving like, wait, um, hey, bro, you think this is, uh, you know, there's, you know, we have like, this like a crazy owner in New York. Do you think maybe you should just like stay in Golden State and try oh, to no, I don't, Draymond? Like, I don't think that he should leave. I think. I mean, I, th- I think I think that going from uh, going from Lake up to Dolan is a is a big difference. I just think now that but, I look at it, I I just keep looking at the situation, and it's like, it's. <laughs> I just I, I don't the bachelor metaphor real quick, but like, Katie choosing the Knicks this see this free agency, it's like being the bachelor, and then you you're down to like three contestants at the end, right? And two of them. Or you know they're they're, they're good looking girls. They're good looking girls. One of them is named the Clippers. Others named the Warriors. Maybe you have you had like a fight with the Warriors girl in the past. But you know maybe you maybe you want to go to the Clippers girl. And here's the thing: there's one girl who she's she's good looking enough. She's good looking enough. But here's the thing: she's a Trump supporter. Uh, she like keyed her ex husband's car and like burned his house down. Um, she maybe has a problem with meth, but. You know what? She has like a really nice apartment in Chelsea or like a really nice apartment in Williamsburg on the Upper East Side or something like that. You know, like just just do you get where I'm going here? Like kind, and Katie kind of, yeah. that girl over the others. Yeah, I, don't th- I mean, I, I don't think I don't I, <laughs> I don't think Durant would leave. It's completely unprecedented. Yes. This if is an he does leave and they win. Yeah. And crazy. But yeah, I <laughs> Demarcus. Demarcus, I think, is is going to be um, signed to a big money deal this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't see Durant coming back. And honestly, I don't, would Golden State fans even be that upset if he leaves? I don't, I don't know. Golden State fans wouldn't care. It's like the same thing. It's like kind of, they have what uh, we, in the medical profession, because you know I have a, I have a PhD, low-key. Sure, middle- sure. A profession called this Kobeitis, where you have like an everlasting loyalty to one player, and then this symptom of this disease, um, it makes you have just so much loyalty for that player. And when another player comes along who might be better than the older player, you're just like, ah, fuck him. I love Kobe. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so, what the Warriors fans have, and so, I can't blame them. I'm so getting so getting I was Derek get, Jeter all the way, even though A Rod was better than him for a minute. You know? Getting into the teams that are in the Western Conference playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Blazers, the Clippers, Spurs, Jazz. What team do you think is most likely, what one team do you think is most likely to be able to beat the Warriors? To be able to beat the Warriors, I think that we both have the same answer to this in the in the Thunder. Yeah, and I agree. I am less high on them, though, as I was. Um a week or just even like 10 games ago because of what what's happening with Paul George. He's got a shoulder issue. And that's, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a little bit worried about that. I mean, obviously yeah. it's, not, it's not like fucking ACL or something like that, but like shit, I mean, the Thunder are four of six in their last 10. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's just a little distressing. And I actually watched, it might've been, he clearly didn't seem right, but I watched a lot of, um, OKC versus the Timberwolves sure. a little bit back. And I will say, though, Westbrook's shot looked fantastic. Oh, since, fantastic. since, the, All- since the All-Star break, 
Westbrook has been Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And that can't be said enough. That's huge. That's almost bigger for them than Paul George being early season Paul George. Mm-hmm. Just because Westbrook has been so bad this year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Paul George's shot has not been great recently. He's got this shoulder issue. But I think that the that the team that they have is built almost to beat the Warriors. But in a different way, which is interesting. Because the Rockets were, beat, were built to beat the Warriors last year. But, but by the Thunder being better, are in a different way. Well, yeah, the Warriors were, or the Thunder were, or the sorry, the Rockets were beat, were built to beat the Warriors in a way that we're just going to outshoot you and beat you at your own game. Mm-hmm. The Thunder are, I think, can beat them because they are one of the most athletic teams I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look down their roster. Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson, Nerlens Noel, Hamadou Diallo, Queens, uh, Deontay Burton. Mm, Deontay These Burton. are all incredibly athletic players. Mm-hmm. Like any one of those guys would be the most athletic player on a lot of teams. And I can see like seventy five percent of them like comfortable like throwing a punch in a, oh, in a yeah. playoff series. I can. <laughs> yeah. So I can completely see it. The, th- the it's Thunder. A tough, it's a I mean, this year. This year, the Thunder have really been good against the Warriors, and so have the Rockets. I need to give a shout out to the Rockets, because um, they've been they've been very uh, they've been very good too against the Warriors. But I think that in the postseason, Westbrook Curry has typically had trouble with Westbrook because Westbrook is a big guard. Um, Westbrook's I think, also just in his mode. I mean, like yeah. It's, Plus, plus, plus when Westbrook goes against Durant, he has a little bit something extra to prove. Oh, which is good and bad. Which is good and bad. Yeah, the good is that that OKC in the postseason, um, their fans are going to boo Durant like there's no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was listening to a to a podcast the other day and it was um. I believe it was the Bill Simmons podcast. And he was talking about how when he went and saw, it was Bill Simmons, how he went and saw um, the Thunder Warriors game six. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before the Thunder blew that game. Or wait, no, or that have been game seven. Whatever game was in OKC. Yeah, Thunder blew that game. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying, but I don't remember which game was in OKC. Game six or six. seven. Six. It was six. I think so. I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was because that was the that was the seventy three win Warriors year. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were the number one seed. So he was like, he was like that was the loudest arena he's ever been into in his life. It's just it's a different kind of loud there. It's than, worse than Oakland. Then he he said he said that that was it's a different kind of loud than he's ever experienced in his life. Shit. It's like it's like the kind of loud that afterwards you leave and you need to take like. Like aspirin for the next five days because you have such a headache. Oh my god, that's crazy. I and mean, I, I guess that's what happens when like you're a fan and you have like you have to like take out all your fan energy 
in like in like a seven game playoff series because yeah, you know that you're that, not going to be spending it like the entire that summer. <laughs> that can't be discounted. Mm-hmm. So I think, and and I think that the Warriors have no one who can hang with Stephen Adams, mm-hmm. especially because um, Demarcus is not totally back athletically to deal yeah. with them. And Stephen Adams is six eleven, which is. Minus Demar when when Demarcus is off the floor, that's a that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean when Demarcus is off the floor, that means that six seven Draymond Green is guarding him, or Kevin Looney, or Kevon Looney. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it just I believe that the Thunder are the most likely team to beat them. I think that. They are insanely athletic. They have shot makers. Dennis Schroeder is capable of flipping a playoff game all on his own. Just all of a sudden, you look at the stat sheet and you're like, "Whoa!" Dennis Schroeder had 35 points and hit six <laughs> and hit and hit seven or eight threes. It's like doable. That, it's that's all seeable. Realistic. Yeah, I agree with that. And Jeremy Grant's been doing work this year. But do you, do you put any stock in the? idea that the Rockets have a shot at beating the Warriors this year, or are you just like, no? Yes and no. It's it's very tough, because you look at the Rockets roster, and Harden is playing the best basketball of his career, mm-hmm. and who knows how Chris Paul will be. He's been... He's been good this year. Is that we don't we don't we don't know how he's going to be if he can hold up in a seven game series. But they just rely on a lot of players that I don't entirely trust. Okay. And I like I like PJ Tucker, but they really rely on PJ Tucker. Yeah. I like Kenneth Fareed. He's been fantastic this year. Yes, yeah, my man. <laughs> but they really rely on Kenneth Fareed. Kenneth Fareed literally turned their entire season around. He did. They were dead without him, and he he just gave them an entire just like shot of adrenaline. Yeah, I just I I, I look at their uh, I look at their their team, and Eric Gordon has been just such a wild card this year. He has not been playing well. And I'm not sure if Chris Paul's body can hold up. It and 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 Austin Rivers is another one of those kind of Schroeder guys, mm-hmm. but worse. And just <laughs> as easily as I can see Austin Rivers like hitting six threes in a playoff game, I could very easily see Austin Rivers going over eleven and pulling a Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want Austin Rivers playing 31 minutes a game on my team. Yeah, it's 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 just not a good sign. Like it's, it's yeah. just like it, it might not end well. That's just it's a general rule of thumbs when he's playing that many minutes. I like that you've translated like that you've made like Jordan Clarkson into a, a verb. That's what I'm gonna say when Terry Rozier goes 0 of 10. He's he's Clarksoning. Oh, don't even get me started on Rozier. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Rozier. Shabazz, Shabazz Napier has had some Clarkson games this year. Yeah, it's really bizarre. He's been like one of fourteen a few times. He was he was great last year too. No, Shabazz Napier is good. He's still one of with the better backup points in the league. He's just Shabazz Napier thinks he's really good at basketball. Well, like, can you blame him for thinking that? I mean, he like, won two national championships. Yeah, and he's probably the best. What 
he's probably the best point guard to come from the Boston area, unless I'm missing someone. Because I, I, I know Boston doesn't fucking produce, like, real basketball players other than, like, him and Nerlens Noel, right? Uh, honestly, I don't. Else. I don't you really know where players are from. Yeah, it's, I, I only know when players are from New York. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, started, got... I, I just found out Clay Anthony Early's from New York. Oh, yeah? So, Bronx represent. <laughs> well, I thought Clay Anthony Early was going to be good. Too, I he it's was fantastic in the tournament. He was fantastic for Wichita State. He was fantastic. Yeah. I also like that. I also always think it's funny that Clayton Early. Not that it's not funny that he was stabbed in the strip club, but it was funny that he brought his girlfriend to the strip club. <laughs> how does that, that, that? How does that night end well? I forgot about that. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> That was weird. All right, we're gonna we're we're gonna wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Scorers Table. We appreciate you guys tuning in as always. If you enjoyed it, leave a leave a good review. Subscribe if you're new. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, got anything else to add? Uh, nothing else. Then I just dropped my clothing line. Other side, I want to make sure. Will I'm gonna hook you up with some free shit. I need Ooh, you to do some modeling for me in the spring. <laughs> I'm saying get a new collection. I appreciate I see, it. I see, you know, you got you got good quality material. I can see you being a, an influencer from from my brand. So well, it's easy. Make sure to... <laughs> it's, 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 easy, it's easy when my girlfriend takes pictures of me. <laughs> ooh, 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 I, good, good. It's much more her than me, but yeah. Any, anyway, anyway, thanks, thanks, thanks for listening. We'll uh, talk to you guys next week. See you.